I'm Pablo Morale Martinez. And together we are Robots, Robots versus, versus Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. Yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, people. To another week. To another crazy, crazy week. Speaking of uh, crazy, um, so dude. Yes. Um, it's it's going to sound a little weird, but I have started the ball rolling on you and me getting our hunting licenses. Okay. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm being serious. Really? Yeah. I think, like, well, we've had a lot of conversations in terms of, like, where society's going, gun rights and stuff like that. And I'm just like, you know, what would be the most straightforward way of getting skilled or at least starting down the road of just having all our options open and i thought to myself hunting license if if not for it's not what you think it's not to hunt the deadliest game man <laughs> okay it's like you know uh, i was thinking the other day like i've never i've never hunted an animal i've never butchered my own animal right um but that's a definitive skill to have it's it's a skill that you can never regret having and could very well come in use someday. So, um, like, what do you think about that? A hunting license? I would totally do it. Yeah. yeah. Like, would you, uh, be most, would you be down for learning how to, like, butcher the animal and stuff like that? So, like, uh, how to cleave the meat and stuff? You, because, you know, you're, you're not just going to kill it and then just eat it right there Well, on the like, here's the thing is that, like, you know, um, like, I have a day job, right? It's very stressful. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> right. <laughs> But, I mean, like, after a long day's uh, work, I don't want to, like, spend my weekend, like, I shot a giant bear, and now I have to, like, skin it and, like, carve it up into pieces for a matter of hours and attract more <laughs> foxes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how hunting really works. <laughs> Just, yeah, you kill the bear, but look out for the foxes. Yeah, I like, know. I, I don't... Uh, yeah, I don't think that's how it works. But um, first of all, I hear bear meat is extremely gamey. So is it really? So we're probably not going to go for oh, bear. Oh, man, I've always wanted to eat a bear. No, I mean, you could. You could. You just have to prepare the meat a certain way. Like, okay. Um, it's not going to be like, you know, you cleave the bear up and then put it on a barbecue. Like I always wonder why bear wasn't, like, served at, like, you know. I've, I've been to, like, a few, like country areas mm -hmm. and i've always been like why isn't bear ever on the menu it's always like oh the usual chicken <laughs> cow never bear which i feel like is like the most you know the man of the food chain <laughs> the man of the food chain jeez <laughs> um like nobody like yeah nobody it's probably not the most uh easy to yeah. uh to prepare you know whereas a chicken um chicken's just standing there it's just standing there <laughs> waiting to be plucked being all chickeny you know it's like we go after the animals that really pose no threat to us but the ones that could possibly have us on their menu okay it's like it's like maybe it's a respect thing i don't know is but it do you think it's really a respect thing probably not it's probably more of a <laughs> It's probably more of a taste thing right. because I got it because let me tell you something. If people were delicious, like if you 
if you could hunt like um let's say something random salvadorians and and, and like prepare them with peppers and um goya adobo um <laughs> Like if they were delicious, wear a sombrero and grow a mustache while you're eating it. <laughs> like if Salvadorians were delicious, right? Then the whole country would just be a um, would just be like grazing land, you know? You we, think so? Yeah, we'd just raise you guys on uh, what do you what do you eat? Pupusas, uh, arroz con frijoles. Yeah, uh, poquito de tamal. Just free range. <laughs> Salvadorian restaurants everywhere just to get you all tender and stuff like that. It's the most bizarre thing I've ever heard. And then we'd go in there like uh, No Country for Old Men and just, I want that one. (laughs) And then air gun to the back of the noggin. Oh, shit, man. Have a side of Pavel for Thanksgiving. You know what I'm saying? That's a thick cut. I'm trying to say that (laughs) I think that you're delicious. And one day, thank you. And one day, you know, you're going to. You're going to fetch me a good profit. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> so, yeah, you're down for, like, learning how to hunt. Yeah, and, I'm totally and, down and to learn how to hunt. Okay, yes, cool, of course. Cool. The answer right. is yes. All right, cool. Good all to right, know. Awesome. Good to know. So, um, uh, <laughs> we're, we're recording, right? <laughs> yes, we are recording. Okay, just making sure. Just <laughs> five minutes in. All right. <laughs> Fuck this up now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's get through the let's go in through the dark clouds before we come out on the other side. Yes, uh, yes, absolutely. Looking for our organs. Yeah, yeah. So um, last week, dear listeners, we we went in a bit, we went in a bit on uh, toxic male um, madness. Uh, toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity. Taco sick masculinity. Taco sick masculinity. That's a thing, y'all. Oh, we've had enough of these tacos. These goddamn tacos. Um, toxic masculinity. Yeah. Um, and just like just like always, when you think it's hit the fan, um, it hits the fan even more. Even more, it starts to drown the fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The uh, the Weinstein brothers. Oh God. You know that's. First, took, first took, of all, took them a while, right? It took them a long while. I'm wondering if, uh, if like somewhere in the deep dark crevices of Nintendo, they have like an alternate version of Mario Brothers, yeah, called the Weinstein. Brothers. The Weinstein. Oh, like, okay. <laughs> you know what? That would be a video game in poor taste, and you should feel bad for thinking of it, Pablo. Uh, correct. You can send I do feel all. Bad. Uh, you can send all complaints and hate mail. No, to no, no. Pablo Martinez. No, mm-hmm. come on. Care of. No, no. <laughs> you don't do that to me. <laughs> I do that to you. Um, but uh, yeah, the the Weinstein brothers. Uh, well, the second brother, uh, Bob Weinstein, uh, the looker of the bunch, um, has decided. Um, has decided has actually uh, taken the route of his brother, and now he has uh, his own sexual assault or harassment allegation lobbed against him. And I was thinking, I was just like, it's a matter of time. I mm-hmm. was, uh, and I was telling you this earlier, I was sitting by the window listening for that fall coming. Like, I was just like, any minute now, <laughs> any minute now, Bob is on his way. He's like the tree in the woods. Um <laughs> But yeah, it happened, and I'm and I'm fucking glad. 
Yeah. And I'm actually hoping that uh, this results in, I hope it turns into a domino effect. Mm. Like I, th- I, I honestly hope Rose McGowan straps on a fucking, you know, gun to her leg. It just marches into Hollywood. Oh my God. Sorry. Um, <laughs> props to Rose McGowan. Um, but uh, I, I honestly hope this is the start of some responsibility taking, taking on behalf of like, um, on behalf of women everywhere in terms of like the corruption that's going on in Hollywood. Because he, we, we all know the story. I mean, it, it's not like, it, it's kind of like a, a this the stereotype of the Hollywood producer or the distributor or the Hollywood mogul who, you know, calls in like a, a beautiful actress to like, you know, give her like some kind of skeezy deal. I mean, that kind of stereotype doesn't come from nowhere. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah. it's it's a thing. I mean, even you know what's what 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 was crazy to me was that even Terry Crews came out and he was like, you know, some fucking Hollywood big shot came out of nowhere and grabbed my junk like in front of my wife and I just stood there like powerless to move and I knew that if I fucked this dude up the headlines tomorrow would be like 280 pound black man fucks up Hollywood honcho and he's like I can't I can't do that to my career I can't do that because there is definitely like a there's a there's just a problem. There's a problem in Hollywood. Holy shit. Yeah. You didn't know that? I didn't. You know, I saw there was so much news flying back and forth this week that I saw that Terry Crews was um, in a video, especially given the current climate uh, revolving this issue, uh, revolving around this issue right now. Um, but I didn't I didn't listen in. But that's that's what he was saying. Yeah. Holy cow. Um, well, I want to give props to um, I want to give props to him for saying that, um, and for saying it in a way that didn't detract from a really powerful movement that went on uh, for this past week called uh, the the Me Too movement. Oh yeah, um, yeah. If you have any connection to social media, I'm sure uh, that you've seen it. But it's essentially uh, women of all walks of life, um, all ages, yeah, uh, coming out and saying Me Too. Um, on their social media feeds, some even going into great detail about some of the trauma that they've endured at the hands of men. Yeah. Um, sexual harassment, um, sexual abuse, um, and uh, everything involving that spectrum. And it's been, I got to say, um, as somebody who is uh, watching this um, and seeing some of my close friends um, put this pain out there for everybody to read and see i gotta first of all just commend them on a on a level of strength that i know i personally um have never uh touched in my own life like that that is something next level but also i want to recognize that um as amazing as this movement is uh the onus to really make change um, in this area falls on us as men. Um, there was a great meme that I came across uh, talking about the language of uh, sexual harassment and rape and even things like um, violence against women. 
it sort of takes the male component out of the conversation. So it makes it seem like this is just something that's happening to women, but almost like out of nowhere, you know, whereas when you think about it and it doesn't take much thinking to get to the core of it, it's happening because of men. Um, so instead of asking, what did you go through as a woman? We should also be asking to a greater degree in many respects, who are these men who are per perpetuating this? Why are they perpetuating this? How come we sustain a culture where this happens over and over and over again? It's 2017. We know beyond any shadow of a doubt that this is wrong, that this is affecting people's lives, that this is shattering women's lives. Um, but we're not doing enough about it. And, and it's, 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 it's just um, a really good opportunity in time at this moment with the Weinstein brothers or Weinstein, whichever yeah. way you pronounce it, Weinstein, Weinstein brothers and the Me Too movement happening um, in tandem right now, especially in, in all media, for us to really think about this subject and, and not just... <laughs> Not just talk about it, do something about it. Right. You know. Oh shit. I'm hoping. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's break <laughs> bottles, man. Let's just let's. <laughs> That's getting edited out. Um, <laughs> you know, I, 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 on the one hand, I do respect like the, the Me Too movement. Um, however, um, there, there, uh, I, I have my own problems with it, as well. Really. Um, yeah, because like. Um, when that ESPN writer, Jamel Hill, right, she was mm -hmm. uh, ousted yeah. from Twitter uh, for criticizing the president uh, and taking a political stance. Like, there was no Me Too movement on, on her behalf. Uh-huh, right. So, while I applaud, like, I, I applaud the movement, and I'm glad, like, this, there's, like, some momentums happening... There is like there still needs to be a conversation on when things should start to take root because it shouldn't just be like a if it happens to white women let's let's grab our 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 you know our signs and like throw mm -hmm. our hands up in support it yeah. has to be for all women so, yeah yeah absolutely um, while I applaud it I mean it's not without its problems with like how I view it well th there's there's definitely a very deep problem with um, some of the calls to action that can only be categorized as white feminism. Right. Um, when white feminism speaks up, it seeks to have the support of all women towards issues that affect all women. But the call is not reciprocated when the main focus is not a white woman. Right. Um, and that that is a real point of contention um, from what I have uh, observed and spoken to um, feminists about uh, within within the movement. Um, and it's a it's a shame because it's sort of not a shame in, in a term in, in a way that like I'm critiquing it, but it's a shame in terms of observing that. Uh, when women stand up together and speak out, uh, major, major, major changes follow. 
And in the times that we live in right now, um, especially with this administration, we could really use like, I'm basically saying like, we really hope that women, no, that's the wrong way to put it. Uh, the potential for women to save <laughs> the human race yeah. um, is needed desperately yeah. at this point. Like I'm talking about put the Wonder Woman theme on and just <laughs> like, and please, <laughs> because, be dope. because men have tried, I don't know for how long and I don't think we're going to make it guys. I don't no, think it's going to, I, I don't like, think we're going to be the ones thing we're going to do it. <laughs> no. Uh, and it, you know, I, I, I feel like I started off with the whole, like the me too movement. I, it's not that I don't, I feel like I came off sounding like, I'm just like, I'm not a supporter because this happened. I am a supporter. It just feels like, it feels like there is definitely a dominant voice in it. And do I want to categorize that as white feminism at, the, at this point? Um, possibly, but you know, uh, we are open to open to having guests on this show and we'd love to hear from, you know, a feminist on, you know, a, a woman who is a feminist uh, to speak on this kind of like, you know, issue because you know uh it's it's difficult for me to like fully say that um i'm stepping out of i'm I'm not fully committed to this whole me too movement because of the origins with which it took place at the same time i'm i kind of love the like the kind of way the the direction it took because it it did reach an, an an area of intersectionality. Like I've seen, you know, black Hollywood actresses like Latinas come out, um, all talking about, um, you know, banding together and also saying Me Too and sharing their stories. So it does share a level of, you know. Uh, of intersectionality, but it's just the origins that bug me uh, in terms of how it started. So I feel like I'm repeating myself over and over again. But no, uh, it needs to, it needs to be said several times, you know, because some of the people in the back just don't get it. Yeah. You know? Um. But yeah, I'm glad uh, this piece of shit, our Bob Weinstein, is going down. Uh. uh and um. Of course, uh, like like all men who uh, who fail to um, see uh, the forest for the trees, Harvey Weinstein has uh, left the United States to I don't know some other country to talk to get uh, sex therapy rehab or whatever. Get treatment for sex addiction, yeah. basically, because <laughs> that's the problem. Because that's the problem. He's just <laughs> he's just too into sex that's yeah. you know it's the nothing has nothing to do with recognizing women no. as human beings no he's he's fine in that aspect yeah. you know according to him yeah but um he's just but yeah maybe <laughs> he's just like most corrupt men they don't ask the the bigger pic the big picture questions uh, and for a, a movie mogul i would assume <laughs> that he would know something about the bigger picture anyway uh, enough with the dumb jokes no <laughs> No, that was actually pretty good. Oh, good. Today. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite fitting. <laughs> I did it. Um, but um, 
But one man, one man that I do want to give some props to, uh, especially again, considering the climate that we're in right now, the political climate, um, is Coach uh, Greg Popovich. Um, I believe he's the Popovich co- or Popovich. Which one is it? Uh, I'll say Popovich. Uh, okay. Yeah. You know, the last two weeks you've been correcting me on a lot of people's oh, names. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> At some point, I just, just want to let it's you know. It's my dad. My dad. I watch it. Yeah, it's your dad. It's your dad. No, my it's dad always point. corrects me whenever I say anything. No, at some point it'll just it'll come back around to correcting me. That's all, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. You heard it here first, folks. This is this is uh this will be submitted to court if I ever go missing. <laughs> Last known recording. But um, uh, like within the last few weeks, uh. Coach uh, Popovich, is that what we've agreed on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> just had to get that one in there. <laughs> he said, and I'm just going to quote him directly. Okay. <clears throat> he said, race is the elephant in the room, and we all understand that. But unless it's talked about constantly, it's not going to get better. There has to be an uncomfortable element in the discourse for anything to change. Whether it's the LGBT movement or women's suffrage, race, it doesn't matter. People have to be made to feel uncomfortable, and especially white people, because we're comfortable. When he Damn, said that, I truth. thought to myself, that's probably one of the most woke things I've heard a white man in a position of great privilege in this country say out loud, especially given that um, the occupier in chief uh, has recently uh, gone on record as saying that anybody who uh, doesn't stand for the flag or the anthem or even speaks out against America is like a son of a bitch or something along those lines. Yet without batting an eye, he will put down the mother of a fallen soldier at the funeral. Oh, we we definitely got to touch on that one. We did that because that's just this, this guy's. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have any empathy. Anyway, anyway, that's beside the point. You were the, saying the slime saying. of the slime, yeah. but um, but uh, uh, for for Popovich to say what he said took uh, a great deal of introspective. He. Uh, from what I understand, um, he does a certain amount of reading on race theory, and um, being in sports, he's the coach of an NBA team. He's around uh, people of color and black people uh, a great deal of the time, um, and this highlights something very important because most coaches within the NBA and the NFL um, are white men, and a lot of the players are people of color and black people. Yeah. Um, but this does not necessarily mean that proximity is going to yield understanding. Um, so it takes more than just being in the same room as somebody. It takes more than just believing that a person who's different than you is your friend. If you go out and have some, some yucks and have some beers and stuff like that, it's like, oh, you know, I feel good about this person. I can't be racist. I can't be perpetuating any sort of institutional inequity because you know i like uh i like this dude over here um it's it's not the way it works looking deeper into the issue at at society 
listening to the narrative of those who are on the receiving end of these institutions um, is what's going to yield that understanding and actually believing the narrative is what's going to yield a deeper understanding. It's not going to come all at once, um, especially if you're used to, especially if you're just not subjected to that reality. Uh, but with some work and some belief, some faith um, in humanity, uh, even the most privileged of white people can start to open up that avenue for themselves uh, to understand. Uh, so, yeah, my hat's off to you, uh, yeah, Mr. Popovich. Hats, hats off to that guy. Yeah. Props. Yeah. But back to our um, occupier-in-chief. Uh, as you mentioned, Pablo, <laughs> uh, This I feel like you, you probably have more of a, a grasp on that. Uh, I, actually, I actually don't. I, I just, um, I, I, like, I've, I've kind of taking a sabbatical on, which is weird because like we have like such a topical show um but it's there are no breaks i know there are no breaks but i mean like th the thing is that i feel kind of lately i've been feeling like i need i need a little bit of mental health mm -hmm. because it feels like every day is a wave and it's you know there's i i've said this to you before um there like there's the news you you watch and then there's the news you feel mm -hmm. like after you turn off the TV uh, for, for people like us, it's like the news doesn't uh, like, I, especially in speaking specifically about myself, there is only so much news I can watch or like be subjected to before I turn it off. And then even when I turn it off, I still feel it in the air. Yeah. Like uh, there's that feeling of like, um, uh, the racial tension feels like it's never been higher. Oh, yeah. um, the uh, Puerto Rico is still like um, under like it, it is like suffering like the most horrible conditions, despite what the liar in chief says or professes that he's doing a, an amazing job. Whatever he's a bullshit artist. The California right now is on fire. Uh, parts of Florida are underwater. Um, we're getting more hurricanes uh, coming our way. Uh, Richard Spencer is going to be deliver if he hasn't already done a speech at uh, the University of Florida. Oh, that fucking guy. Yeah, but that's that's just, but that's a testament. It's just like it feels like there's so much stuff in the air right now that I like just for my own mental health. I'm, I'm kind of like needed to take a, a step back and be like all right let's 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 see if i can lessen it but it, that's besides the point i feel you man yeah. i feel you on that but uh on the on the other end it's like i did read uh this story about um this woman this uh mother of a fallen soldier uh, a fallen black soldier who was fighting in niger the country the african uh uh, the African country of Niger. Mm -hmm. And he died. He was one of the four soldiers that died, uh, which to me beg brought up a few questions. Uh, but before I get into that, uh, we had our president go up to the widow and the mother of the fallen soldier and say, you know, this is, hey, this is, I'm sorry for your loss, but this is what he signed up for. Uh -huh. Now, 
like I've also heard uh, reports from ABC News, like uh, like telling that there's another side to the coin, saying that some soldiers are like, yeah, this is that's fine that he said that because that's what we did sign up for. But it just for me, it feels like it lacks a certain type of empathy. It's and no, it, it's no empathy. Yeah, it's, it's it, no it, empathy. And and it also all, it also just doesn't disrupt the kind of overwhelming message that this president that we have. It's it, like even if he did say it, and like uh, other veterans are saying, like, yeah, like it's fine that he said that. But for other people who think that it's a callous thing to say, I mean. We feel this way because it's par for the course. It's he's been saying um, he shit talks about uh, the Puerto Rican mayor or mayor mm-hmm. uh, during a time of crisis. He shit talks um, the Puerto Rican economy mm-hmm. after it's had a hurricane hit it. Uh, he talks about how like the how it's disrupting the budget. Uh, he makes he he uh, he just recently told. John McCain, uh, John McCain, who is suffering from a fucking brain tumor, mm-hmm. that uh, if John McCain doesn't play nice, then he won't play nice. Whatever the fuck that means, you know, it's just uh, it just feels like it's it's callous thing after callous thing after callous thing that he says. There's just it just feels like if he said that and we're saying fuck you to him then it's it's not coming from nowhere. We have just an overwhelming amount of evidence of the fact that this guy just doesn't give a single fuck about anyone other than himself. Mm. Uh, well said. <laughs> well said. Um, and I... As tough as the road is now, like, the when he's gone... And it's it's looking more and more likely like he won't even finish this first term. Um, it's going to be a great sigh of relief for all of us as citizens and really the world. But it'll also leave us with a very big question. How is it that we came to this point <laughs> where we had... How did we get here? Where we had this guy uh, in this office doing so much damage. Because uh, as much as we want to say that, oh, you know... It's it's all on him. He's a he's a crappy dude, and he certainly has to accept um, his share of the blame. Um, as a country, we have to look at ourselves and really see the mechanisms which allowed this sort of ineptitude uh, to be in office, and make sure that we don't come to this particular place again, because we. It, it really is. There's some mistakes that just can't be undone. And this guy in office makes me feel like there's going to be a mistake that we're all going to be wishing um, was not made. Uh, I already wish that he wasn't in office, but I'm talking about something a little more uh, permanent um, that we all feel on a day to day basis. You're talking about sending that motherfucker to prison. I. I want him to go to prison, but I'm talking about like him making a mistake that we all have to pay for. Oh shit! Or oh. whatever that. Oh, whatever. The, the flip side of the coin. Or... The flip side Damn. of the coin, but um, 
but you know that's that's just you know a, a certain kind of thinking but um there are other kinds of thoughts in this world uh, better <laughs> thoughts uh, oh my uh, god yes um just to remind you guys though um i'm ernesto mancio i'm um, pablo morale martinez and this is robots, robots versus taxes. taxes on radio free brooklyn yeah um well uh i mean there are definitely <laughs> there's definitely like uh happier things to talk about <laughs> i mean let's <laughs> Let's that's such, a, that's such an odd segue. I keep forgetting. Like it's just like this show is formatted so odd, and of course it comes like I feel like we are men of extremes. We right? we, we live for the challenge. We the live ex- for the challenge and the extremes. Some men, you know, jump out of planes. Others climb mountains. We we t- the politics and geek culture, culture podcast. Right, that's right. It's like we're 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 at the nexus where hurricanes form you know <laughs> the extremes just meet and then yeah. who knows what you're gonna get but let's talk about a real leader yeah somebody who will come and save us and show us what it really it means to to have responsibility on yeah. your shoulders and i am talking about mr wonder woman well not quite no that was a good movie but right. um <laughs> i'm talking about king t'challa oh otherwise known as Black Panther. Yeah, Black Panther. The new trailer just dropped a few days ago, and oh my god. Dude, wind ain't shit. Wind ain't <laughs> shit. Hashtag wind ain't shit. Oh, this movie is going to be so lit. It's going to be so delicious. It's going to be... It's going to be fucking awesome and it's gonna i know they're gonna blow our minds in terms of the way it's gonna lead into infinity war yeah because that's this is the last one is it the last one but before before infinity war i thought it was ragnarok no ragnarok ragnarok comes out in november oh black panther comes out in february and after black panther is infinity war oh my god so i heard a rumor that uh, in this film is when they're gonna discover the soul gem Get out of here. Get it? The soul, soul gem. gem. <laughs> you know, usually soul gem. Usually, I'd raise an I'd raise an eyebrow uh, when when they try to couple things like that, especially like with black people. But I but I I don't know. There's something about that I just you know really what? like. It feels kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool. So I think they're gonna find the soul gem uh, uh, in this film, wherever that um, is going to arise. But. Yeah, this movie is going to be so good, and uh, just to just to touch on a little bit of the um, obvious uh, haterade that comes from the internet, um, there was some random Twitter user who was tweeting about like, how come um, how come John Boyega isn't talking about the uh, the casting in this film and the and the uh, the unequal racial representation. It's like, you know, there are no white people. It's like, it's an all-black family. Why isn't he talking about that? And John Boyega. Who said that? Real Donald Trump? At real Donald Trump? Well, I wouldn't be surprised. It's, <laughs> I don't understand why Africa has to have so many Africans. You know, he would say some shit like I put like a golf that. course there in <laughs> the South Park. I didn't see any black people. <laughs> Fuck you. But... But John Boyega replied to this tweeter and he was just and all he said was, 
Because it's about time, bitch. <laughs> Epic. Epic. Mr. And then he jumped into his limousine. <laughs> And Which, had sex with that guy's mom. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> and then the limousine turned into a Jaeger. <laughs> and he started punching some kaiju in the face. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, major, major props there. But yeah, this this trailer was so good. It's showing... It, it's going to show Wakanda in a way that we probably haven't even seen in the comics. Um, it's going to expand... Uh, Black Panther's uh, story, a um, whole bunch of supporting characters. Uh, who knows what sort of impact it's going to have on the Marvel Universe. I suspect it will be a big one. Um, Dude, he's one of the biggest Avengers. Like, he yes. is... Yes. He is Illuminati. Yes, he is. Uh, it's like, what? Doctor Strange, Tony Stark, Namor. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Fantastic. Mr. Fantastic. And um, and T'Challa, and uh, did you um, the Inhuman? Um, oh, Black Bolt. Black Bolt. Yeah. Sorry, so, I just you know have such a distaste for for Inhumans since I saw that fucking show. Is it because it was uh, meh? Meh. Oh, it was meh. Okay. It was meh. I still haven't watched it, but I take your word for it. Like it hasn't shown any signs of being me anything beyond meh. <laughs> But I guess we're just free. We should just feel free to wallow in its menace. Uh, you know, sometimes it's nice to just wallow in the menace. You know, it's a, it's <laughs> the Phantom Menace. The Phantom Menace. <laughs> menace. Oh man, this this could be applied to so many different things. You know, you could. We could talk about meh in black. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Men in black one was good, but then it was meh in black. <laughs> Two. And the less that's said about part three, the better. Really? You don't like part three? Uh, I thought it was all right. It was Not all right. bad. Like, I mean, did we, I, I never really had high expectations for Men in Black. That's true. But so, like, I'm never like, ooh, a Men in Black movie. God. <laughs> that's, I, I don't know. Wow, that's, that was more wow. extreme than I would have thought. Jeez. <laughs> well, you know, the Men in Black movies were... We're fun, 90s slash early 2000s. Uh, Will Smith rapping the title of the movie. Right, you know, the, the whole cross-branding thing. You know, you take your girl there. Uh, maybe you get you get a kiss afterward. Who knows? Um, I'm still waiting on that one. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but um, press one if you want to talk to her next <laughs> After dark. <laughs> Robots versus Taxes After Dark present Ernesto. You know what? I think you may have just stumbled upon a, a funding scheme for this oh, podcast. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Oh, we got to figure out a way to make that happen. <laughs> anyway. Um. So, dude. Yeah. I went and saw Blade Runner 2049. You motherfucker! <laughs> <laughs> you goddamn motherfucker! <laughs> God damn it! You know what? Uh, it's fine. I'm gonna see you tomorrow. Uh, I'm gonna see you tomorrow. Uh, well, I saw it first. You so. son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> 
as many times as you fucking slutted yourself out and went and saw a movie without me. Oh, come on now. I thought Turner Bad was fair play. Let's let's not split hairs. Okay. <laughs> okay. I won't spoil it for you, but I will say this though. I was pleasantly, pleasantly surprised. Yeah? Yeah. Like it's a it's a real sci-fi film. I thought well, first of all, I, uh, dear listeners, I may have mentioned this before in previous podcasts, but I'm not a particularly big fan of Ryan Gosling. I don't know why. Um, he just—it's because of my impression, isn't it? It's well, your impression is part. Of it. I think I think you're a better Ryan Gosling than Ryan Gosling. Okay. But uh, but who knows? Perhaps we'll have him on the show next week to talk oh, about maybe. this movie. Oh, that would be amazing yeah. if we had him as a guest. Hey, but, well, well, let's just pull some strings and we can get him on here. You know what? Yeah, let's pull those strings. Yeah, yeah. But um, <laughs> this this movie. <laughs> This movie um, was well paced. Um, the I really like the writing. I like the concept. It went really deep into certain aspects of science fiction, which is what I personally hope to get out of uh, any sci-fi movie I go to see, especially one that purports itself to be like on a deeper level. And Blade Runner definitely has a big legacy to live up to. So it definitely didn't uh, fail in that aspect. Um, Jared Leto was Jared Leto. Oh, really? He didn't drop the whole, like, I'm Jared Leto. I'm so important. He, uh, Look at me. You'll, you'll see what I'm talking about, and we'll delve into it further. But let's just say that Jared Leto, though he did not ruin the film, um, and I can't say that he was terrible, but he was Jared Leto. I think it'll make more sense when we talk about it next week. I just saw a lot of like press junkets where he talked about how he actually made himself blind for the movie because he plays a blind person. Uh-huh. And I'm just like, fuck you, dude. <laughs> it's like, look at my methods. I made myself blind. What did you do? Well, I poured kerosene in my eyes every morning. What the hell are no, you saying? No, no, I was no, about no, to say, no, 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 of course not. And I lit them on fire. <laughs> um, and I gotta say, uh, Ryan Gosling is a competent actor. Yeah, he is. He's you know? he's actually really he's he's not bad. All right, let's not take it that far. <laughs> I said I said that he's a competent actor. In so much that he showed up wearing pants, you know. <laughs> Jeez, what Ryan Gosling movies are you watching? I, uh, oh, I Ryan Gosling after dark. I the guess goes by. I was, I guess, I guess I mistook him for somebody else because I was watching this. This ain't the Notebook. <laughs> oh shit! A triple X parody. <laughs> is there? Is there such? I don't thing? know, but they're probably. There's probably going to be now. <laughs> isn't, isn't the notebook originally about a dude that loses his like memories? Hey, you know. Now he gains them all back. And this one, it with could And <laughs> this one, it could be a dude who who loses his memories. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh God! I stand by that joke. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was competent in this film in the way. And I'll, and I'll just reveal a little more in the way that Keanu Reeves was competent in the Matrix trilogy. Oh, okay, all right. You know, 
um, in so much that there wasn't that huge of a demand on him. But even then, he was still able to meet the level of demand that was put on him, despite it not being that high of a level right, right, of right. demand. Right. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed the film. Um, it was a very good film. It's, it's, uh, it's a colossal flop, by the way. It's not making that much money. Well, because it's not... Because it's not the kind of sci-fi film that the general public has gotten used to since the original Blade Runner. Right. Where, you know, lots of explosions and running through the street and it's like, oh my God, we gotta... The first yeah. Blade Runner was also a flop, so... Was it? Yeah, it was okay. a huge well, flop. But because it came out the same... I think it came out during the same month as... Was it Empire Strikes Back? Oh, well, God. Well, if you're, gonna, um, if you're gonna put those two up against each other, it's like... It was E.T., Empire Strikes Back, and Blade Runner. Jeez. <laughs> and the thing is, Blade Runner has the best title, so that's that makes it even more tragic. But do the but I don't want to just don't go heavy into spoilers. But do they reveal why they call the people in the movie like the bounty hunters in the movie Blade Runners? Um. In a way, they did. Oh, thank God, because I'm so like I know, I know that Ridley Scott he <laughs> took uh, he took that title from another script because he thought it was better. Um, <laughs> it was it was originally called something else. I don't know what it's called. I think it was called oh, it was called Hunter. Hunter. I don't know. I I really love Blade Runner, not so much for the the story. The story's a mess, mm-hmm. but the visuals. Yeah. Like hold up to this day and definitely like true. have always informed my like it was one of the cornerstones in my like me loving science fiction, uh, especially in a in, vi- in the visual sense of cinema. Hmm. So uh, absolutely uh, because, uh, you know, I feel like every other movie imitates the city. Yes. Like. <laughs> the mega the mega the mega apocalypse the mega apocalypse yeah is it is it, that the right term uh, uh megalopolis megalopolis yeah. thank you thank you <laughs> mega is correcting you every how do you put up with me man? oh don't worry <laughs> i got something for you Tell my wife and children that I love them. And my children. Yeah, I mean my my uh, my PlayStation, (laughs) (laughs) my vinyl records, (laughs) my my collection of Iron Man comics. Ah, yes, the kids. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. but I think you'll enjoy it, and I'll enjoy talking about it with you. um, next week, but uh, I'm going to go see it with Habib tomorrow. <laughs> ah, okay, yeah. good. Tell Habib I said hi. Okay, yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what the hell? You have scheduled to go see this tomorrow just, with Habib, and up until this podcast, you didn't know that I saw this film. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> you like, were gonna go without me to see this. You know what? <laughs> you have. You literally 
and metaphorically have no leg to stand on. The tables have turned, Mencibo. I have the power now. You, you must ask me what's in the box. Seven reference. I don't know. I just want to fit in a seven reference somewhere. Watch Mindhunter. God damn it. <laughs> I see. You know what? I see how it is. Yeah. I see did. how it is. Actually, I was going to invite you after the podcast. Oh, I was going to invite you after the it, podcast. We literally made over. the plans before the, you know what? Let's not have our marital disputes on the air. <laughs> you know, you told me that you were going to treat me better if I came back. And so far, I'm not impressed, mister. <laughs> All right, enough of that. Enough of that. It's getting weird. Um, <laughs> but uh, we've touched on this a few times. Um, Ragnarok. We're getting closer and closer to Ragnarok. Ragnarok. <laughs> the, the closer and closer to Ragnarok that we get, the nerdier we become. <laughs> the more my wife is like, uh, you're, you and Ernesto are getting nerdier every <laughs> single podcast. Like sometimes you guys talk. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Are you guys getting worse? Um, my response to that is yes. We are. This is something. This is terminal. <laughs> this is nothing that we can really recover from. No. But uh, further down the rabbit hole. Yeah. If she thinks this is bad, whew. wait. Wait till Ragnar Wait till after Ragnarok, and we're just counting down to Jedi. Oh, jeez. You know, I just realized something. Like we now we're at a point in uh, in our generation where we can actually refer to the film by a short handle. It's like we're waiting. For Jedi. Yeah. You know, the previous generation got to do that with uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. We get to do that with The Last, Last Jedi. Jedi. Yeah. Yeah. So hang on to your asses, folks. Because <laughs> this ain't the Last Jedi Triple X. It's, 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 it's coming. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so are we. Robots after taxes. Ro robots <laughs> after taxes. Robots after taxes. <laughs> oh. That's our new nightly show. Our new nightly <laughs> show. It's on at 2 a.m. Uh, on Smen's Day. <laughs> this is a day between Wednesday and <laughs> Sunday. <laughs> like, that's like a 124-hour day right there. Just, I know. But, uh, but yeah, but uh, back to the main point. Um so Ragnarok keeps looking better and better with all the little bits of footage that I see. So far, I feel like nothing too uh, in-depth has been revealed about the plot. Which is great. Yeah, yeah. I'm, fine. I'm fine with that. You know, because you go to Marvel movies, and one of the things we enjoy so much is that it reveals just a little, a little extra piece of this like giant tapestry yeah. that, that we've been involved in since 2008. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, my God. <laughs> So it's it's about, you know, you don't want to uh, get too much revealed to you. And also, I've heard on the rumor mill that, like, the stingers in this film are pretty damn good. Oh, damn. I yeah. can't wait. I yeah. can't wait. So, and it's going to be good to see, you know, Hulk and Thor again. Because uh, we just realized before we started recording this podcast that we haven't seen them since Avengers 2. Yeah, which, which was, was came out two years ago. Two years ago. It's like, what have you been up to, guys? I mean, if, you, if you're into the Marvel one-shots, you know what Thor's been up to. Oh, I haven't seen the Marvel one-shots. Well, there, there, was, there was some... It was either a Marvel one-shot or like some like little comedic short. Um, he, was, he just had a regular roommate somewhere in uh, some other part of America... 
Oh, really? Just trying to live a regular life, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. And during Civil War, he was trying to call, like, some of the other Avengers, but they never returned his call. <laughs> like... <laughs> That is amazing. We got to find that video because yeah. I, I think you'd get a kick out of it. And his yeah. poor roommate is just like, yeah. I, uh, is I it Donald Blake? Is it Donald Blake? Oh, shit. That'd be awesome. I know. I that would be attention. such like a a nod to the comic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my Did God. This is so gay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, it's um, it's pretty funny. So if you're out there. Dear listeners, uh, you can just uh, go ahead and uh, look that up and get an, another piece of the puzzle. Yeah. So um, now I know we've talked about this off the air, but um, who do you think that Snoke is? Because I, I have my theory, and I've been wanting to talk about it on the on the air. Okay. And in our last uh, in our last few minutes here, um, I'll just say yeah. Just I'll just say off the top of my head, um, I believe it in my heart of hearts, and nobody can tell me. Uh, that I'm wrong, and I will be vindicated come this uh, December 15th if we manage to find tickets for this fucking thing. Um, Snoke is Shmi. Get out of here. Snoke is Shmi Skywalker. Um, she did not perish, or she was at least revived somehow, and uh, she's come back for all of us. Whoa. Yeah. That. So you heard it here That first. is crazy. Yeah, it is you know, crazy. You know who I true. think it is? Who is it? It's Jeff Goldblum. It's Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he wants to know if, uh, if if we all dig up dinosaurs. <laughs> I don't know, but life uh, finds a way. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, that would be so awesome. <laughs> that would be so so awesome. All right. Yeah, so, but um, uh, I think uh, we're about to wrap it up. I think uh, my buddy Pablo here, though, uh, wants to give a little shout out. Oh uh, yes, I do. I want to give a shout out to our dearest listener, um, Matt Cameron, uh, who uh, has uh, posted a review of our show on iTunes. Uh, really cool, really dedicated, good friend of mine for a very long time. Uh, and uh, yeah, friend. now we can consider him a friend of the show. Thank you so much, Matt. And uh, who knows, maybe one of these days we'll have you on. Yeah, maybe. Anything's possible. Anything is possible. That's how we roll here at Robots vs. Taxes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So signing off we'll for this week. Fingers in your butt. Oh, oh sorry. hey, listen. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's for that's for robots after taxes. <laughs> Two a.m. Yeah. On Schmen's day. <laughs> but uh, hopefully there'll be another week for us to uh, regale you guys with uh, all of our nonsense. Uh, but in the meantime. Uh, I am Ernesto Mancibo. I'm Pablo Morali Martinez. And this has been Robots, Robots vs. Taxes. Taxes on Radio Free Brooklyn. You have yourself a nice day, Matt. <laughs> Song of the Week. Dos gardenias para ti. Con ella quiero decir. 
te quiero, te adoro, mi vida. Ponle toda tu atención, que será en tu corazón y el mío. Dos gardenias para ti, que tendrán todo el calor de un beso. De esos besos que te di y que jamás te encontrarán en el calor de otro querer. A tu lado vivirán y se hablarán como cuando estás conmigo. Y hasta creerán que se dirán te quiero. Pero si un atardecer las gardenias de mi amor se Que tu amor me ha traicionado Porque existe otro querer Porque existe otro querer 